Welcome to the City of Refuge podcast, where our mission is to equip a diverse community of Christ followers to make him known. Um, Good morning, everyone. Like Saul said, my name is Anna Lee. Um, I'm the daughter of Song Zhaoping and Li Wei. Um, They immigrated here to Houston, Texas from Guangxi, China, and I was born and raised here in Houston. Houston is the land originally of the Karankawa Kadla, the Sana, the Takapa Ishak, and the Carrizo and Kualtikan peoples. I share all that as part of my introduction because I believe it is important for us to know who and where we came from, where we are now, and the original peoples of the land that we're on. More times, if you don't mind praying with me. Lord God, creator of all things, we worship you this morning. Please give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to understand what you have for us to receive this morning. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Um, And as a disclaimer, this is my first time preaching, so you can pray for me, give me feedback, and thank you, especially to those who are here, um, to support me for that. Have you ever wanted to hear what someone had to say so much that you were willing to squeeze into a huge crowd? Maybe not right now with covid but otherwise, listen closely, even from a distance? Or have you ever been unsure if you're going to survive through a pretty scary situation? As we continue in Mark's account of the life of Jesus, I want to invite us to use our imaginations to interact with the Word of God this morning. I think we often read a lot of Bible stories, especially about Jesus, and don't get to really imagine what it would actually be like to be there, to see, feel, smell, hear, and even taste what's happening. Um, This morning, if you aren't too sleepy, I actually encourage you to close your eyes as I read from Mark 4 and try to really imagine what it would be like to be there listening to what he had to say. And I know for some of us, this may be the first time we're hearing this story, for others, the hundredth time. And either way, I invite you to listen afresh. All right, here we go. Again, Jesus began to teach beside the sea, and a very large crowd gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea, and the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables, and in his teaching he said to them, listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground, where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up, since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. Jesus said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. When he was alone, those around him with the 12 asked him about the parables. And he said to them, to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, everything is in parables so that they may indeed see, but not perceive and may indeed hear, but not understand. Otherwise they would turn and be forgiven. He said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word, and these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. 
When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground, the ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then, when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear it, thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. He said to them, Is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. He said to them, pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Jesus said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Jesus said, with what can we compare the kingdom of God or what parable shall we use for it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when sown on the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. With many such parables, Jesus spoke the word to them and they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them without a parable, but privately to his own disciples, he explained everything. On that day when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat just as he was, and other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. But Jesus was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. They woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. He said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even wind and sea obey him? The word of the Lord. <clears throat> Thanks be to God. Do you ever listen to someone tell a story and afterwards think, I'm not exactly sure I understood the meaning of that, but I definitely want to keep listening to this person. I imagine, honestly, that is how it felt for a lot of the folks that are listening to Jesus. <clears throat> and not only in the stories that Jesus shares, but even in our journeys of learning about and following Jesus, there's actually a lot of mystery, aspects that we don't fully understand. And that's not a bad thing. I think sometimes the word mystery, especially in conjunction with faith, can have a bad connotation like shady or mysterious. But the reality is that God being greater than our understanding is a really good thing. If we understood everything about God, 
we might not feel the need for him. So today when I'm referring to mystery, I say it not in a bad way, but as a beautiful thing about God. And in, in addition to the mystery, there are parts of the journey with Jesus that are unmistakable. And we'll see both, both of those aspects recurring in today's passage. As Jesus said, may we have ears to hear. One theme that comes up several times is that of seeds being sown and growing into something more or producing harvest. I don't know about you all, I don't garden very much personally, but I know enough to know that growth is a process that is mysterious, yet also one that produces results that are unmistakable. As we look at the story of the seeds sown on different soils, some things feel more of a mystery. Why doesn't all the seed go on good soil? Why does the shallow soil seem to be good at first? Is there hope for the seeds that are being choked out? And when we hear Jesus' explanation of the parable, we may have similar questions. How can some folks not even get the chance to hear the message of God's love before it gets snatched away by Satan? For those who quickly receive the gospel with joy, that seems like a good thing, right? But when their roots prove to be shallow in the face of trouble and persecution, they end up being just as fruitless as the seeds that are snatched away and the seeds that are choked out. And it doesn't take much looking to see how entrenched we are individually and collectively in the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. Is there hope for us to bear fruit? Even in this story, which is one of the only ones where Jesus' explanation is recorded in the Bible, there is some mystery. But there's also something that's unmistakable the seeds that fall in the first three kinds of soil all do not produce harvest, and the last one does. And it produces a lot, a hundred times as much as was sown, which is a lot. When we try to describe a concept that is really new or different, we often turn to analogies to shed light on various facets of it. As Jesus teaches us about the kingdom of God, he is doing just that. He says that the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed, the tiniest of all the seeds. I have some in my pocket, actually. They're really small. There's like a ton of little seeds in here. And somehow this becomes a huge tree. Is that not a mysterious turnaround? Even the way seeds generally become trees with trunks and branches and leaves is a mystery to me. And yet this tree that comes from these seeds Jesus says it is bigger than all the other plants and even allows birds to rest on its branches. Its growth and its size are unmistakable. Jesus gives us another story in this passage as an example, one of a man sowing seed night and day, and yet it clearly says that he does not know how the seed grows eventually into a harvest, which he gets to be a part of gathering. If this isn't a clear combination of the mystery of God and the earth bringing growth beyond our understanding, plus a harvest that is unmistakable. I don't know what is. I think in particular when it comes to ministry, which is what I work in, this is one of the images that resonates with me the most. You show up day by day, you put in effort, and then you have no idea how, but God brings growth. I have the privilege of getting to serve college students, um, primarily black and indigenous students at the University of Houston, and I saw this happen with both of those groups in the fall. With my BCM, or Black Campus Ministry students, even though, honestly, I was not super organized or prepared coming back from a whole year on Zoom, we connected with a lot of new students. 
In fact, we actually had at least one student, one new student come to our weekly meetings every week of the semester. And over the course of the fall, we interacted with over 80 black students, which is way more than I thought we would. Because when we started that group in the fall of 2019, it was me and three other students inviting others to join us. I share this not because ministry is about the numbers, because it isn't and it should not be, but to give glory to God for bringing students who are interested, even though I, maybe I just have small faith, I really didn't expect that at all. Last year when we were all on Zoom in ministry spaces, I also got to get more connected with Native coworkers and students and spaces. And through those experiences, God put on my heart to reach out to Native students at the University of Houston. Even though there are not many that identify at least, they are there. It just so turns out that this school year, one of the Native students at UH started the Indigenous Awareness Association to bring together Indigenous students and also share about their cultures with others. So through meeting her and being in the group, I actually got to meet, I've gotten to meet several Native students already, which I was not expecting at this point. Praise God. With both of these groups, the growth was mysterious and definitely not in my control, but God's faithfulness is unmistakable. One more story from campus. At our weekly large group times, testimony time was incorporated into the evening. I'm giving a shout out to my coworker, Jeremy, in the back for that. And over the course of multiple weeks, one of our students who came in kind of not being sure about God shared how he was and still is gradually becoming more open. And it was just really cool to see his vulnerability. Sometimes his testimonies made me want to cry. <laughs> Another student shared how he said yes to Jesus in the fall. The spiritual openness and growth in these students is really a mystery, yet it is unmistakable. When we look at the last part of Mark 4, we see not a story that Jesus is sharing, but a story of an experience that the disciples will probably not soon forget. After a day full of teaching lots of crowds, Jesus and his disciples get into a boat to cross the sea, only to get caught in a huge storm, one that they're afraid for their lives in. It is striking to me to contrast the question that the disciples ask Jesus with what he asks them back. They ask him, teacher, don't you care that we're perishing? Don't you care about us, Jesus? Isn't that the question that we feel deep in our hearts when we think Jesus isn't there or going to come through? Don't you care, Jesus? And before Jesus even answers them, he gets up and first tells the wind and the waves to calm down. And they totally do. Crazy. <laughs> in turn, Jesus asks them, why are you so afraid? Where is your faith? Talk about some hard-hitting questions when you're just about to die. Why are you so afraid? Where is your faith? And it's not because the disciples didn't have faith. What does it look like for us to recognize one of our primary questions to Jesus? Don't you care? And contrast it with the questions he's asking us. What are you so afraid of? Where is your faith? There's definitely some mystery here. Jesus calming the storm, for one. But one thing that is unmistakable is that Jesus cares deeply about his disciples and he is in total control over creation. So we see that there is a lot of mystery in the things Jesus teaches, what he does and how he does it, and even in trying to understand all of that. The growth that Jesus brings in and around us is slow and mysterious. 
But there are also things that are unmistakable about following Jesus and about the kingdom of God. There's growth, there is harvest, there are people responding to him, there are miracles happening. So what do we do with all that? When the disciples ask Jesus about that first story that he uses to teach, he says that he uses stories so that others can understand, but also that he won't explain everything to everyone. He even asks them, don't you understand this parable? How are you going to understand all the other parables? Like, okay, I, don't, I think I'd be like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> but truly, Jesus talks about people who hear but don't understand. Let us not be those people. He talks about people seeing and not really perceiving. But he also says that everything hidden will be revealed and everything secret will come to light. Jesus calls us to listen and to pay attention for those of us with ears to hear. And that if we understand some of it, we'll be able to receive more. But if we're closed off, we can't and we won't get anything. We need to listen with an open heart. And we won't understand it all. And that's okay. Again, there is mystery in following Jesus and learning about him, just like in the growth process for a small seed. But there are also unmistakable aspects, like Jesus' love for us and his provision, the way that a harvest is also unmistakable. Receiving the teachings of Jesus and trying to understand them is important and worth seeking. <clears throat> what does that look like for you individually? What does that look like for us as a community? Where are we hearing but not understanding? And what is keeping us from going deeper? There's a lot of mystery in following Jesus. We need patience and humility for the process. I mean, Jesus compares the kingdom of God to a lot of slow-moving things, seeds growing. Again, a slow and mysterious process that we don't have control over with sowing and waiting and growing and trusting and more waiting. And it is God's kingdom, not ours. He is the one who dictates the timeline of growth and harvest. And yet, we still get to participate in the harvest, too. The reality of the mystery of God and his kingdom remind us that we are not in control. It reminds us of how big God is and how not big we are. But again, that's a good thing. May this reality shape how we live and believe and act. I want to encourage us, whether you're following Jesus or still figuring that part out, don't be afraid of the mystery. Don't let it discourage you or push you away. Lean into it. As I heard someone say once, instead of leaning out, lean in. Jesus helps us. If you're in doubt or struggling, don't be given over to fear or despair. There is mystery, but also unmistakable love. Exploring who Jesus is, reading his teachings, following him, it's not always completely understandable or easy to navigate. And again, that's okay and totally normal. Don't be afraid to ask questions as you seek. God is big enough to receive our questions. And Jesus gives us enough understanding to keep walking with him. We don't need to know every step of the journey in order to take the very next step. Jesus is worth it. He's worth pressing into the mystery. And he doesn't tell us to understand everything, but just to listen with an open heart and seek him. And as a church body, we get to follow Jesus in community. We aren't doing this alone. We get to support each other, ask questions together, 
especially the hard questions, and explore together what following Jesus means and looks like. Because the truth is that God does love us so much, even though that in itself is also a mystery. When God made everything back at the beginning, he made us to be in perfect and right relationship with him, with the land, and with each other. When God gave us the option to follow him or choose our own way, we wanted to do our own thing. But that brought brokenness and pain into those relationships with God, with the land, and with each other. But God, in his great love for us, sent his son Jesus to call us back into relationship with him. Jesus taught about the kingdom of God and brought healing and restoration to individuals and communities. He died on our cross and was raised back to life. And through his life, death, and resurrection, we can also be restored to right relationship with God. Amen. And even in these truths, some things are mysterious. How could God love us that much? But much of it is unmistakable. God did send Jesus, and through his life, death, and resurrection, he brings restoration and healing and wholeness. And he is inviting each of us into that today, even right now. How will you respond? What are you seeking to understand about Jesus today? If you feel like fear is overtaking you, how is Jesus inviting you to trust him and not be given over to fear? I'll give us just a few moments to reflect on those questions in silence. Um, and afterwards, if you'd like to pray with some of the elders and we'll be up here at the front if you have questions about Jesus or something that you feel like is maybe tempting you to be given over to fear. Um, and they'll be here to pray with you. So ask these questions one more time, and then I'll close this in prayer. How will you respond to all of that? What are you seeking to understand about Jesus? And if you feel like fear is overtaking you, how is Jesus inviting you to trust him and not be given over to fear? Jesus, thank you that with you, we don't understand everything, but we know enough um, to know who you are. And thank you for showing us those things. I pray that the things that you want us to remember from this morning, we remember, and the things that you don't want us to, we totally forget. I pray that you would help us individually and as a community to lean into the mystery, to trust you, and to keep seeking you. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.